Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Bulldog fans everywhere. I'd like to welcome you back to the Start Vegas Report. Of course, I'm your co-host, Colton Watson. And I'm your other co-host, Gavin LaCazino. And I greeted y'all like it's the morning. It's probably going to be afternoon or evening by the time you get this. Yeah, but uh, definitely. We're, uh, it's not a great morning, afternoon, evening, whatever it is. It's not a great time. We're, I'm not having fun. Are you having fun? No. Definitely not, especially if your sports teams line up with mine and Colton's. Uh, it was not a fun weekend it's at all. It's been a huh? bad weekend. <laughs> I even went and played pickup basketball yesterday, and I went like one and six. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have the courage. I'm I'm very limited in what I'm willing to do with sports right now just because I don't want to get my feelings hurt any worse than they already have been. I'm one and three in fantasy this week, guys. Dang, did you lose yesterday? I've, I'll, lost, I've lost in every single league except for the Stark Vegas Report League. So. What the heck, bro? I'm still Gavin's undefeated. gonna keep Gavin's gonna keep me from winning that league. <laughs> Gavin's the only team, the only guy that's beat me in our fantasy league. Yeah, I'm. I killed. It's not over. He's got a Monday night. He's got Monday night football, but I killed the guy. Pandemic P, if you're listening, it was a good run. But uh, last time I think I was beating him like 95 to 40 or something. I think my guy. I think Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley, who I'm not even sure is playing because he's been hurt, has to score like they have to score. 90 points by yeah. themselves so, so no so i won this week but in any case that's the only good thing i had happen this week yeah. it's been a poor week uh moving on though of course getting through our introductory things um hope you're listening on you listen on whatever you want to be listening to we've got the podcast on apple on spotify on anywhere you can find podcasts we've got the igtv uh, if you're if you're following on uh, Gavin at Stark Vegas Report on Instagram, that's all one word: Stark Vegas Report. Yep. And if you are listening on Stark Vegas Report, I want y'all to go ahead and stop for a minute. Go follow Dogs Before the Mast. That's Colton's in- Instagram: D A W G S uh, Before the Mast, like the like the ship. So right, we're all in on the pirate thing. Yep. On mine. Thank you for that, Gavin. Oh, you're welcome. We're about, we're a, a, a week ago. I was definitely thinking that the pirate thing was a great marketing <laughs> move. Um, that is to be determined now. We have shifted that from good business move to we don't know yet uh, if that's a good business move. But we'll see. We're not rethinking Leach, though. Don't take that the wrong way. No. Uh, if Leach goes, if Leach loses the rest of the season, we would be. But yeah. we're not. But I'm not. I'm not. We're not thinking about that. Um, but, like, uh, if you're following on Instagram or watching on the IGTV, feel free to uh, click on over to the Spotify or the Apple Podcast as well. And if you do, to subscribe and follow on those. And that way, you'll get a notification every time, if you follow on Apple at least, you'll get a notification every time you uh, a new episode comes out. I don't think Spotify sends notifications. No, I don't think they do either. But you can follow, and that helps as well. Um, uh, last thing I want to talk about before we get into the meat of the show, uh, the Bellsmith, uh, he's been with us for several weeks now. We're very proud. We both have our cowbells from him uh, as of this weekend. Yeah. You did a great job. Yeah, I'm very impressed. So, he, if he, you're listening, uh, Mr. Bell Smith, thank you very much. We're we're grateful for the sponsorship. He got me. I asked for a lefty cowbell, and uh, I he told Which me is the I'm baseball the, bat. That's the baseball bat one, and uh, you can see find those in retail stores. But uh, he told me I'm the I have the only black lefty cowbell he's ever made, and he's made like you know got to have made had to have made hundreds. And I have a, the only black one. I'm kind of proud about that. I didn't even think about that when I asked for a black one. He just said he'd never made one. But, uh, guys, this guy, this is a work of art. Uh, everything that you get from him is is custom made. It's a work of art. Put it in order with him by direct messaging uh, 
at the Bellsmith on Facebook, Instagram, yeah. or Twitter. Or if you you're can, listening on Instagram, that's going to be in the bio or in the description of this podcast, so you can check it out there. Uh, just click the link. Right, and uh, email him at thejunctionbell.com for all custom orders. You can mention Start Vegas Report for a twenty percent discount. Guys, this bell it's it's magnificent. Um, uh, there's nothing. There's really nothing I can say that would do it justice until you hold it in your hands. There's, you know, I know everybody loves their, you know, the, the year of the cowbell bell. They sell them at Barnes and Noble. They sell them at uh, Campus Bookmart, all those things. And those are fine. I know for a fact that COVID's really slowed down the production for whatever company is year, year of the cowbell is. I'm sure. You're, no, year of the cowbell is taking the year off. They're out. Yeah. So every cowbell that you buy is at least a year old, at least a season old. You know, they're all leftovers. I've seen some in stores, but they're leftovers. And those are great too, but guys, and not that. I'm knocking this because I own. I'm, I'm staring in right now as we speak at several Year of the Cowbells and several uh, uh, Bellsmith bells, but they're all identical. They're cookie cutter cowbells. You can put whatever sticker you want on them, but they're all the exact same. They all sound the exact same, guys. These bells are totally unique. No two custom bells are exactly alike. So put in this. Put in this order. It is. It is like he says, the most unique cowbell for supporting the Bulldogs. Um, and you won't regret it. You can have, you know, you, you can, he will bring your vision to life. Uh, you can ask him for tips and what you want made. You know, he can steer you in the right direction. Uh, he can give you, uh, advice on what you, what you, you should have him to do. Like I said, we can have, you know, he's had a mic, a friend of mine has a podcast. He had a microphone made into a cowbell, uh, to, you know, to go with his podcast. I mean, that's, that's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, he can do anything. So give him a, give him a text or an email, a uh, direct message. At the Junction Bell on uh, the Junction Bell at gmail.com on email or at the Bellsmith on social media. Yep. And with that being said, we're about to get Razorbackology on the show. I hope y'all enjoy. Right. We're getting back. Uh, same guy we talked to last Friday. I think he's uh, he's earned the right to come and give us our humble service, our humble pie a little bit here. Not that he's going to brag or anything. He's a great guy, but he's about to be on the show, and that's the next thing you'll hear from us uh, here in about oh zero seconds. Hey, and back by popular demand right here. We've got Razorback Ology with us again uh, to talk about, uh, I guess what's the, the nicest way I could put it is a pretty confusing night if you're a state <laughs> fan. Um, uh, Ology, we're going to just jump right in. You know, what were your thoughts Saturday uh, when that when that clock ticked down to zero? Man, it, it, there was a roar uh, that went across the state of Arkansas on Saturday night. Um, the, the social media outburst afterwards was nothing like I've ever seen. And you you would have thought that we just won the, a Super Bowl or a, the SEC championship game or something like that. But there, I, I cannot be more excited for everybody that's been involved with the Ridgeback program for the last however many years and all the people that have like I don't want to say suffered but kind of suffered through the last few years especially and to finally have this moment on a, a big stage was really incredible and I, there's a Mississippi State podcast so I'm not going to talk too much about how hog fans felt but I'll just say they felt pretty good uh, I mean dude you earned it yeah y'all earned it <laughs> yeah we brought you back for a reason we were we you can service our humble pie yeah it was that was a crazy night. I, I know that people in Starkville were pretty much the opposite of the people in Arkansas. It was a rough night for everybody. Uh, just not not very much excitement. It was, it was really shocking, honestly. I couldn't believe it. But hats off to you guys. It was it was a good game. 
Yeah, thank you. I, I'm, I'm still a little shocked, as, as you guys were. But. I'm shocked. I'm more shocked it was such a low-scoring game than anything. Yeah. I would have thought if y'all were going to win, it wouldn't have been that way, you know? I, yeah, I was, I've been telling some people, if, if you do the blind box score examination on this game, I mean, you you could not convince me that Arkansas would have won. I mean, just looking at, like, time of possession and the way we – how poorly we ran the ball – just there's a few things that you can look at and you would say oh yeah no Mississippi they probably got us by a, at least a score but no I mean I, like, if you would have told me before the game we would rush for 63 yards as a team I that, that would be all I needed to hear I, I would not have much faith in us to win yeah um, that's what turnovers will do <laughs> yeah the turnover margin that's the only stat that mattered on Saturday yeah yeah and I, I also do think that on, on a normal night, on an average night, or if, if, if these two teams played 100 times, I think you guys would probably win about 60 of them. But I think this this one night, a few things had to bounce our way, like the the, uh, the fumble on the punt and the pick six to start the game. And, I mean, the other two interceptions were crucial too. But a few things did have to go our way for us to pull this off. But, man, that – it's, it's, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah, one thing I noticed uh, this game, and if you listen to, if you went back and listened to the entire episode where you were on last week, <clears throat> you would have heard us say something about, uh, talking about Felipe Franks, um, you know, the Razorback quarterback this year. Uh, Franks was not the type of quarterback to go out and win the game for you. And I, and, and I think you'd agree. I don't think that's what happened Saturday night. But he dang sure didn't lose the game for you either. He, he's not going to give you the game like Kellen Mond will. <laughs> and we, yep. Gavin and I yep. talk like that. Yeah. And that's exactly, he's done it twice on two different teams in Davis Wade Stadium now and not won the game. They want Florida beat us 13-6 to one time yeah. in 2018 and uh, he didn't even throw the only touchdown pass. It was off a trick play. I mean, and then in this game, of course, he does have a couple touchdown passes on uh, on two different busted coverages. But he took care of the ball. He didn't take he didn't take a lot of sacks where he didn't have to. He rushed just enough to keep you honest, and he kept Arkansas in the game, even though outside of the very first drive of the second half, uh, Arkansas managed negative four yards of offense. But it was enough. Yeah. Tell me what you think about his performance and how you think that bodes going forward. Yes, yeah, so he was. I feel like the, the term game manager has has a bad uh, has a bad rap, but. He really in Starkville. He he did everything he needed to do. He he stayed poised and he was he was accurate with the football. He he didn't try to force anything. Um, he he took the. I mean, there were some there were some wide open passes that a lot of a lot of quarterbacks in our league would would make. But he the turn the no turnovers on his part is that's really my favorite stat. I mean, he only threw for. 200 yards and two touchdowns but the the 20 for 28 just shows you he was accurate and you mentioned it earlier he was he was mobile and he was a threat to run the football at times he picked up a couple first downs if i remember and he he didn't make that one huge mistake that arkansas fans have kind of been accustomed to seeing and he was he was really just a, a great game manager and he he doesn't have to now he's he's 
he's proved to us that he doesn't have to throw for 350, 400 yards to win a game, and we can win the game on our defense, which is a, is a huge sigh of relief. But I, he, he did everything he needed to do, and he, like, the bottom line is he did his job to win the football game, and that's, that's what he did. Yeah, of course. And, of course, like, if, if State had won this game going away like a lot of people predicted, uh, it probably would have been because of K.J. Costello. But now that we've lost the game, I don't think – I think it'd be disingenuous for me to suggest that it's not at least in part due to K.J. Costello. So there's, like, your difference there. Yeah. We probably – we beat we beat LSU in Death Valley because of K.J. And there's a – a lot of people would say, I'm sure Arkansas fans, fans agree, that another any, a lot of other quarterbacks would have uh, probably kept it more manageable than K.J. Costello just because of some stuff he tried to force – he, you know, one. I'm the pick six was just a bad throw. Uh, receiver was open. He just missed, and then he forced two more interceptions. I mean, absolutely forced. He had yeah. three guys around him. Even um, his touchdown pass was kind of sketchy. I'm not gonna lie. Touchdown pass. Uh, I liked his ability to yeah. improvise that was nice there. Out of the pocket. That was but... probably the deepest ball he threw yeah. too. I mean, uh, there was no deep balls in that zone coverage. Was props to Arkansas for that. Uh. Um, for sure, the drop, the, you know, the drop and eight thing works. I think, uh, and I, we talked about this in our show too. We we did we know that you weren't going to be able to win if you didn't get pressure. But how are we going to get pressure? Drop and eight. Arkansas didn't get a ton of pressure, but it was just enough, just enough with drop, uh, rushing three to make KJ uncomfortable. And I think that's why we missed our starting left guard, Greg Island. From we don't know why he was listed as a starter. It's probably it's a behavior related issue. Uh, we really missed him last uh, last week, um, and Kylan Hill, of course. But it was just enough. To, y'all did just enough to make him a little bit uncomfortable, get him get him outside the tackles a little bit, and uh, force some stuff. And it and it again. Ju- I, I don't know what I would ra- what would I, what would you rather have, Gavin? A quarterback that will be the difference between winning and losing, wh- whether for better or for worse, or a quarterback that doesn't win you the game but doesn't give it to the other team. I mean on. It's it's really tough to to say because I don't I think if if any other quarterback in our room plays last week in Death Valley we lose that game right but you uh, can say the opposite here. yeah you can say the opposite here because I feel like if you do play Garrett Schrader I was talking about this with people over the weekend if you play Garrett Schrader Saturday night I think State wins just because everybody's complaining about KJ you know diving on at the like one yard away from the sticks Garrett missed Schrader, a couple first downs yeah, Garrett Schrader's selling out for that he might go two yards past the sticks it's just it's just a world of difference and I think that's something state fans are going to have to get used to but to answer your question Colton I think I think for now you've got to ride it out with KJ oh, even, yeah. even if he is going to be he's going to win you some games and lose you some games I just think that that's what you have to be okay with for now I've, I've never seen football's a team sport football's a team sport I've never seen a game when especially when one t- when one team played great at least for the first half especially and I'm saying that because Arkansas didn't manage much offense in the second half uh, except for that one great drive and to open things up one team is one team's great playing great complimentary team football everybody's doing their part and the other team you could you I mean you can I, I've never I've never seen a game where one person's mistakes change the game so much because yeah. out, outside of KJ we played a pretty solid game so you I'm trying to think of you lose Kylan the inside the interior of the offensive line played bad and KJ played bad yeah I don't think anybody else played bad the defense had some bad tackling in the first half 
Uh, but the defense impressed the heck out of me. And I know y'all lost Rakeem Boyd. What? I didn't even see him get hurt. What happened to, to Boyd? So we're kind of thinking it was something with his hip. Um, it was it was about midway through the second quarter. Um, it was yeah. It was. I, I don't remember the exact play, but I kind of remember him on a certain play getting up and kind of limping a, a little bit over to the sideline. Yeah, he never um, went down. He was never down on the field. So I no, no. I didn't notice. I just noticed he hadn't run the ball in about three possessions. I was like, yeah. where's he at? Yeah, he, it was about midway through the second quarter, and I noticed he, he was kind of limping off the field um, after after he got tackled on the play. Then he came back out uh, from the locker room in the third quarter, and he, he looked like he was done. So uh, there's still no really injury update on him except that we kind of think it's his hip which is I mean no no injury is a good injury but maybe a hip may take a, a couple weeks or, but there's there's still two we don't really know but I I did see that they released the depth chart for us and he listed as the starter so maybe he'll be back but there's really no update on him as I as I know right now right and of course just to give the state fans an update, we I haven't heard anything about Kylan Hill. I, it yeah. looks like a concussion. Yeah, as far as I know, it was a concussion. I haven't heard otherwise. So I, as I, of right now, I'd say I think it's pretty safe to say that he just had a concussion. I didn't see him getting any treatment, and I know Kylan was really hard on himself. Yeah. Despite you know the four plays, the four touches he got, or maybe less than that, were great. Yeah. Uh, um, he was hard on himself, and I guess I guess he's of the mindset, you know, if if he gets a concussion, it's his fault. Even though that's I don't think that should be. Yeah, that's not the case. It's not your fault for Obviously. getting concussed, but uh, and I heard one state fan getting on Twitter and and cussing him out, and I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> Kylan didn't drive his own head into the ground. No. Like, that's football. Like, goodness gracious. But uh, that's what we think, guys. For just an, just a quick plug right there. But um, moving forward, you know, I, y'all have Auburn this week, correct? And, and is that at home? Uh, no, that is in the plane. On the plane. So you're good. What's you know, Arkansas is kind of trending upwards. Definitely trending upwards. You know, what's your plan to go into uh, go into Jordan Hare and uh, take on a hurting Auburn team? I think they'll be hungry for a win. But do you have any confidence about that game at all? And how would y'all? Do you think you need to play any differently than y'all played against Mississippi State? Yeah. So I, uh, Arkansas fans are really looking forward to it, um, especially because we have some history with uh, with their offensive coordinator. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Chad Moore. So we are we are really looking forward to it, and we have we have also seen that Auburn's offense has kind of sputtered a bit through the first two weeks. Um, Nick has been unimpressive. But we're we're trying to. And I know Coach Pittman is doing this too, but he's doing a great job of being level-headed and keeping his composure and he looks like he's he's acted like the same guy before the Mississippi State game as he has after and I think if him keeping a really level head and a really calm demeanor is really gonna go into the players mentalities a little bit and they're gonna be pretty relaxed and they're gonna stay focused because honestly you guys you guys know this too after such a huge game it's really tough to stay focused and stay grounded and have another great performance so that's that's kind of i'm, I'm a little worried about that just as right now we feel like we're at the top of the mountaintop and it's i'm i'm worried that we're, the come down is going to be tough on saturday but the way coach odom hey um, that come down is tough yeah <laughs> let me tell you brother yeah yeah 
so we're trying to avoid that. But I mean, if if Coach Odom can put out a game plan like he did against you guys, I mean, we're we're gonna have a shot to beat a lot of teams, and it's this this defense is incredible, and it's it's more so Coach Odom because I mean, a lot of these players are guys we had last year, and there's a yeah. really cool stat somewhere out there, but. Like 300 snaps on the defense were walk-ons or two stars, um, and wow. it showed that it, coaching matters a, a ton. And even we may not have the players quite yet, but with the great coaching staff we have, um, I think we'll have a chance to beat a lot of people. So I think the Auburn game will be pretty low scoring. I see it being similar to this one. I'm not. I, I'm not feeling another upset win. I think that's asking for a little too much, but I do think it's going to be um, a low scoring. I do think we'll keep it close for a few quarters. I think a huge surprise is how Arkansas's defense has carried the day. I think in both games, um, because I expected y'all. If if I was calling Arkansas before, uh, before the season, I would have said much improved on offense, and improved on defense only because you couldn't get much worse. But not your defense has kept you in the two games you've been in, uh, and even with Franks and Boyd and uh, uh, Burks out on, as a wideout, which I, I saw him off the field on a lot of ser- important series last week. Um, he was on the field for a lot and had some catches, but I I would take notice. Oh, it's third down. Where's Burks? And I couldn't find him, and I just thought that was kind of odd. But uh, even with those guys, those playmakers out there, it's it's uh, I the the offense is actually I think has room to get better if you're if you're if you're a Razorback. Um, so you have that to look forward to if that's if that gets pieced together if that gets figured out, y'all could uh, hurt some more feelings for sure. Um, but I, like the defense is impressive. Yeah, and I think one thing we can all agree on is that the bottom feeders of the West are are starting to come up, and I I think the West is not necessarily as top heavy as it has been in the past because I think we can all agree Ole Miss has gotten better, Arkansas has definitely gotten better, and I think even State's taking a step forward this year. Yeah, I think we got better. Uh, is scoring too. I mean, they could they could put 40, 50 on anybody, so they're they're not pushover either. Yep. Yeah, I'm um really excited for that Egg Bowl game. I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup. I, Ole Miss can't tackle. Uh, can't they cover. sure can. <laughs> they sure can pass it around though. But just a second, guys. Uh, sorry, I was getting a somebody. I was getting literally a spam call. Uh, I've got. A, sp- a spam phone call as I'm as I'm on the phone here with uh, Ology. Ology, you still with us? Yep. Sorry about that, but um. Anyway, but yeah, uh, there's a lot of SEC West teams that you know looked really bad last year. I mean, even with the Egg Bowl uh, last year, you've got what would become a four and eight Ole Miss team and a six and seven Mississippi State team playing one of the most interesting games. But I mean, what 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 does it mean in, in, yeah. in the grand scheme of things? It was fun. It was probably the the most wildest game in uh, the past five years in college football. I would say I don't know. Trouble with the snap. That one's pretty wild. Yeah, we've there's it's there's some there, contenders. It's, it's up, up there. there. It's top ten. But uh, in any case, um, what this year has maybe mean something. I mean, that's that with the way that the A and M's looking because they don't look great. Um, who knows what you've got in LSU with those three yeah. teams. I mean, I th- uh, even I Auburn think, might not be that. I think good. the two through seven spots in the West are up for grabs. Oh yeah, I mean you've got the Egg Bowl or even you know a game between y'all and Ole Miss could mean the difference between third and sixth. 
yeah. it's just crazy in this in this league this year. Um, continually with with COVID and everything, there's gonna be there's gonna be guys that are gonna have to sit out, and there could be a game that say we go to Auburn and Auburn has three of their defensive line that are unable to suit up and that's a huge advantage for us and there's just going to be weird games like this throughout the year and I kind of think these at least for you guys for sure these two weeks is just a sample size of what's to come and the general landscape of college football I think I think it's going to be pretty similar to college basketball in the form that there's going to be so many upsets and it's going to be tough to for a team to be consistent throughout the year i mean teams right. are going to they're going to be through the highest highs and the lowest of lows and it's just going to be really tough to gauge games this year i mean just look at the big 12 you got oklahoma mm-hmm. one and two texas two and one and they should be one and two you've got texas almost lost to texas tech who beat houston baptist the mighty houston baptist university by two points Iowa State beat Oklahoma, and they lost to Louisiana Lafayette. Yeah. Kansas beat Oklahoma, Kansas State, excuse me, beat Oklahoma, and they lost to Arkansas State. That whole league, you've got Oklahoma State's their last chance. I guess maybe Baylor. Yeah. But Oklahoma State's just, their last chance. That's madness. I mean, I mean, I would, I would have, I would have that whole league out of the playoff right now. Yeah. Uh, and then. Um, with the ACC, you've you've got maybe three teams that are decent, which is two more teams than I thought. <laughs> and we don't even know what's going to happen in the Big Ten and Pac-12, but it's it's just it's already a lot of craziness. You've had craziness in the SEC West, other than you know the SEC East and I guess the ACC so far. Yeah, the ACC everything's hasn't been gone too wild. kind of gone going crazy. Uh, even even in some of these uh, smaller conferences, you know you've got Louisiana kicking people's butts, BYU. I don't want. They're independent. I don't want to play BYU right now. <laughs> I think BYU would beat would beat most of the teams SEC right now. I mean, maybe not, but they're but they're winning games by thirty points and dancing on the sidelines in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. I mean, that's that's kind of intense. College football is just wild. Uh, it's it's fun. It sure is fun. I'm I'm enjoying the heck out of it, but it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, one last thing we wanted to get to before we get out of here. Uh, we're trying to keep these shorter for shorter interviews last time we went super long and it was fun but it's a lot harder to process when we're loading it uh so we've got a mississippi state team that's beaten the uh, the, right now mississippi state has ended the longest sec winning streak and longest sec losing streak in back-to-back weeks um what, what what do we think and I'm getting outsiders' opinion. What do we think Mississippi State is? And then we'll also talk about what do we think Arkansas is? You know, they lost big to Georgia, who's looking really good, and then won a game against Mississippi State. They might be a little bit easier to talk about, but what do we have at Mississippi State, just in your opinion? Uh, for me? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm i starting to think LSU is probably not as good as we all thought. Um, but, I, I mean, I think with, with that offense – that you guys have, you guys are going to have a chance to be in home basically every game. Um, and, I mean, looking at your guys' schedule, I think the, that Kentucky matchup um, on Saturday bodes really well for you guys. Um, I saw it's that, that Kentucky is ranked 74th out of 74 teams in pass defense, which bodes really well for you guys. And then a Texas A&M game at home that – I mean, we all we all know 
Kellen Mond, and I, I would I would lean a little bit towards Mississippi State in that one. So that's I've still got us beating A&M in Kentucky. Yeah, I hope yeah. so. I mean, after yeah. this week, I really don't know what to think. But and you already know that every defense we're seeing for the rest of the season is going to be dropping eight for the most part. So oh yeah, we've got to figure something out. That dropping eight stuff wouldn't work as well without with Kylan, but it's it's definitely the blueprint. Y'all gave everybody yeah. the blueprint, and that's what I'm most upset about. Yeah, is is you've given you've, <laughs> they, they they think they've cracked the code. You know, I think if you're a state fan. Uh, First of all, we're right where we thought we'd be, just in the reverse situation. Yeah. We know. all we all figured we'd be one and one, but we didn't think it'd be this way. Um, I look at an LSU team that doubled up the spread at Vanderbilt after Vanderbilt, you know, kept it within five on uh, in College Station. I don't think Vanderbilt's that bad, and LSU had them like what, like forty-one to seven, something like that. So I don't think LSU's bad. So what you've got, I think, is a streaky team. Um, but what I'm trying to get down to, and this is where I'm going to get to your question. I think Arkansas is not that bad. Like, yeah, I think Arkansas. I mean, I mean, not not, and I'm not trying to be rude, but I, Arkansas's, they look. I like Arkansas better than. I like Arkansas, I like Arkansas better, better than A and I like Arkansas better than Carolina. Probably better than Ole Miss. We'll see. Definitely better than Kentucky, Mizzou. Uh, definitely better than Van- Vanderbilt, of course. I mean, Ar- I I, ha- I would have Arkansas. And I'm being conservative when I say like the tenth or ninth best team in the SEC. Uh, so that where so with that being said, where do you put Arkansas? I I think right now they're out of the fourteen teams. I'd put them at eight or nine. Um, the way the way our schedule plays out doesn't really lend us many favors. Um, no, not at all. So I I I see. I, originally, I had you guys and Mizzou. Um, as our two conference wins, and now Ole Miss, I, I think we can hang with Ole Miss. That's in Fayetteville, right? Yeah, I think we're a better team right now from what we've seen. Than yeah, Ole Miss. I'd agree with that. Y'all will beat Mizzou, I think. Yeah, give us a third win there, and then the A&M, we have A&M and Tennessee in back-to-back weeks. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we upset one of those guys. Yeah, I think you take at least one of those. Especially yeah. with how close y'all play Texas A&M. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've we've lost to A&M I think eight years in a row, and it, it, every game feels like it's by three or in overtime or last second hail mary or something like that. But so that's that's another big streak we're trying to get rid of. But I I think I somebody asked me this earlier, and I kind of told them I'm still right around that three win range. I'm trying not to get too high um, over last week because it is early. Still learning a lot about all the teams, but right now Arkansas is significantly better than really any realistic fan could have imagined. Yeah. And I think that's going to, even though we're going to be significantly better, that may only translate to a three and seven or a four and six uh, season. But which I would be, I would love that. Right. Um, it'd be a huge step in the right direction. Um, and just the fact that we look more than anything, we look like a competitive football team. I mean, you guys know the last two years, it was fifty-two to six last uh, twenty eighteen, and then another like fifty-two to fourteen last year. Yeah, I think it was fifty-four to either twenty-one or twenty-four. Yeah, yeah, and it just feels like some in some games we've rolled over, and with this team this year, it, there's no sense of us kind of rolling over giving up and with coaching staff that's doing a marvelous job already and keeping these guys motivated 
we just look like a competent football team. And a huge thing, and another thing is we know how to finally win. Right. We know how to close out a game. And even though it did take a couple things going our way, like the, the, the fumble punt, but we know how to win the game, and we have that just that knowledge of, hey, we've done this before. It's a confidence. It's a, it's a swagger. And it's, we just, hey, we know how to win, and we can do it again if we want to. Yeah. Ology, one last thing before we let you go. I just wanted to ask, take us back to Saturday night. Kind of walk, not not necessarily walk us through the game, but at what point in the game did you feel like you guys had it in the bag? Did, were you confident going into the second half, or were you were you kind of, you know, holding your breath up until that muffed punt? Yes, that's a great question. Um, the last few years have, have kind of taught Hog fans to not to count our eggs before – there in the basket, whatever that saying is, <laughs> you don't want to be too confident. Um, and honestly, throughout at halftime, it was another. It was kind of a, it was a good feeling. It's like, hey, you know, we're up on this team, we're looking good. And then it always, you always say, but our defense may not be able to hold them, and we may not be able to win this. And then throughout the third quarter, you know, they get the touchdown to go up twenty-one seven, and that that confidence kind of goes up a little bit. But that just that hole in your stomach when you're when you're thinking like I've seen this movie before I know how this is going to end don't do this to me again like I I cannot take it one more time and honestly I when you guys were going to get the ball back with a couple minutes left in the game I I didn't have a good feeling that we would stop you guys because we had we had done such a good job of stopping KJ and that offense all game I just, I just wasn't sure how much longer we could stop you guys and it really took until until that muff punt that was when I really really truly was like hey we're, we are gonna win a ball game um, <laughs> so, honestly it, it took me 58 minutes for me to really truly believe that hey, I think we just won this game all right. Well, that's awesome. Uh, thanks for being with us again. And, of course, we, we'd love to have you back in the future with maybe with, like I said, I was thinking baseball season, and then Gavin had this idea Saturday night, and I was like, sure. Like, you know, he deserved the, the right to come talk on to, uh, come talk on our show again. But uh, thanks for being with us, and we'll hopefully see you again soon. Yeah, I appreciate that. I will be, uh, I'll be rooting a little bit for you guys this weekend in Lexington. Oh, yeah, for y'all too. You know, go take care of Auburn for us. Yep. Have a good one, man. All right, and we're back. We're so thankful for Razorback Ology. What a, a really cool guy. And when Gavin uh, Gavin asked me Saturday night after the game, hey, you want to get Ology back to talk about this this loss? And I was like, talk about a loss? What, why do we want to do that? And then I thought about it. I was like, well, yeah, he's a very obviously very knowledgeable. He's humble. He's not a – didn't wasn't going to rub it in our face, And uh, even though we probably deserved it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like like we talked about on the, first, on the show a week ago how uh, – or I guess last Friday, how we we've earned some bragging rights, but Arkansas has definitely earned some bragging rights, and I and if he wanted to do that, it would not have bothered me at all. Yeah, uh, and Colton and I were kind of discussing, you know, we whenever we came up with this idea of having other fan page guys on the show to talk about their teams, uh, and we found TJ from LSU, obviously, and now Razorbackology. I think I think we've hit home runs so far, and hopefully we can keep that up for y'all. Because I think it's very it's been very enjoyable to talk to these guys for us, and hopefully y'all are enjoying it as much as we are. For the record, uh, we will if we continue to do this. 
either A, totally miss and not find a fan page. I've never seen a Missouri football fan page. <laughs> Do not expect us to find somebody for that game. I will try my best. Vandy might be even tougher. Oh, I've already written that one off. <laughs> if there's a Vanderbilt football fan page, not that there, there is obviously some exist, but some that aren't brand new with a, a kid in junior high. Oh, we got one from Missouri. Yeah, we got a Missouri guy. Oh, we're, we're got, but look, last thing I want to say is we will find an idiot. There will be somebody who we have screened. We have asked, we asked them questions before we, ask, we, they get them, we get them on here. We check out their page. If they're predicting, if they're predicting, you know, Vanderbilt to win the national title, we're not inviting them on. Okay. <laughs> But we will. Somebody will fall through the cracks, and we will get an idiot. We are going to be very, very careful about who we get for Ole Miss. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, hey, but all right. We will say this: if you want, if you're at this point in the show, you deserve to have your opinion heard. Right. So comment down below if you want Rebel Zone for the Egg Bowl show, and we will make it happen. If you know what he's talking about, <laughs> God bless you. Please say no. <laughs> no I'd be, I'd be cool with it. Gavin's more patient than I am. Gavin, you're, he's nicer to you. He's, yeah, he is nice. He doesn't to me. argue with me anymore. He's yeah. I've won about six arguments in a row with him, and now when he argues, when he he got to where he would argue with me, he would just say things that were ridiculous and contradictory on purpose because he thought it would just frustrate me into you know freaking I, out. I, I make sure to keep things civil when I'm speaking with Rebel Zone. Oh, I'll just so. be having arguments without just, being mean. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he likes to stir stuff up. But anyway, uh, just gonna talk, you know, digest a little bit of what happened this week, and we're just talk about, you know, what went wrong. Uh, as obvious as it may or may not be, what went right. There were some good things about last week, and what we've got to do different this week. Um, so I'll go first. You know, I think what went wrong, and I'm going to talk about something you may or may not have noticed. Um, I'm pretty sure Greg Island did not play a snap. Uh, he was listed as a starter. He was announced as a starter in the stadium, and did not play a snap. Um, and that, that's not an excuse. We still should have won the game. It's not injury-related. It's something behavior-related. I, I may have more on that later. Uh, I can't really say right now. But I think that the first thing that went wrong is I don't think the interior of offensive line or our offensive line played very well. I think the interior of their defensive line played very well. And I don't know how much that changes with Island in the lineup, but it definitely doesn't get worse. And... I'm just a little bit concerned of what that's going to be like going forward. I hope it, maybe it's a one-game thing, what we can hope. But I, changes on that fourth and down, that fourth down call for sure. Changes a lot of the results of those shovel passes that really went for nowhere. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that I think would have gone differently. I'm not saying we win the game, but if you're if the interior of the offensive line plays like they did against LSU, they play. I think the offensive line. You had a little bit of weakness on the right end of the line, not in the middle, other than the snap issues, and we fixed the snap issues. Um, I just wanted, I want to see a little bit better effort from that group. That's the only position group, I think, other than quarterback, that I was actually disappointed with. Yeah, I think everybody played well outside of, you know, like Colton said, the interior of the offensive line, and you've kind of got to wonder if Scott Lashley's available for that game. Uh, he's out for the season. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying if he's available for that game. Oh, I if wonder, he had been. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if there's any drop-off between Greg Island and Lashley. I mean, that's that's kind of something interesting yeah, you could think about. Yeah, if he had been in there instead of, I yeah, guess, that, LaQuinston Sharp. The line is not lacking depth. It's just that we, we just had an unfortunate week. And like, like Colton said, Lashley's out for the year. He'll be back next yeah. year. LaQuinston Sharp played in place of Island, and he's a very, he's actually a really good offensive lineman. Yeah. He's tiny. Uh, he's about six one. Um, Island six eight. Yeah, ish. So <laughs> it's a little bit of a difference. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that was unfortunate. Uh, hopefully, 
Island's good to go for next week. Yeah, uh, so for my for my rough things that I want to address, uh, we've just got to figure out how to play against a defense like this. As I as I said when Ology was on the show, we're they're dropping eight on us the rest of the year till we show that we can that we can beat it. So I think KJ's, absolutely, but KJ's, Alabama might not. Yeah, but everybody else will definitely. Maybe not Georgia. I mean, at a certain point, you literally might want to say, KJ, you're not throwing a ball this week in practice till we sit down in the film room and figure out how we're going to attack this because. It was, we were throwing into triple, double, triple coverage all night long. There were several. You're throwing instances. over the middle of the field, kind of against the grain a little right. bit. That's a bad idea. Yeah, there was there were several instances where there were wide open receivers and KJ either just I don't know if he chose to not throw to him or if he if he just actually didn't see him. But it was it was just a rough night. I think maybe we got too confident after the LSU game, uh, and KJ was just kind of like yeah. you know the the. Like kind of what people talk about with Leach's offense, quarterback gets big arm syndrome and decides that he can take deep, he can throw as many deep balls as he wants, and you know nothing's going to happen. And I think KJ saw the repercussions of that on Saturday. Their depth scout defense is definitely going to be dropping. You know, in fact, we actually did this in basketball. I don't know if this would work in football. I think you could though. And Mike Leach is ingenious enough, he or different enough, we'll say that he might try it. You play defense with thirteen people on scout team in practice, and you make them. You drop back ten. And seriously, we used to do that in basketball. Uh, you had to play against seven people to, and it worked. Wow. And offense got a lot better. Yeah. Seven people in the zone defense is really hard. Uh, I don't know. That's kind of maybe I'm just kind of being silly, but I think it would be effective. You're gonna have to, you know, practice against a, a zone at some mm-hmm. point. You're gonna have to practice against it. You're gonna have to diagnose it in film. He's. I don't know if KJ just wasn't ready for it, or if he got too confident, or. I don't know. We, we we admired how confidently he walked onto the field against LSU after having some turnovers and let us down on the field on two consecutive scoring drives. And then this week, I think that confidence might have hurt him. You know, he, he tried to fit it in. The two interceptions besides the pick six were almost the exact same play. Yeah. In fact, I think they were the exact same play. The same guy picked it off. He jumped in front of – he baited him a little bit, jumped in front of the receiver, snagged the ball, came down on two feet, uh, and – uh, I mean – the, it was number seven. Greg Brooks, former Mississippi State uh, commitment, by the way. He committed Mississippi State, then decommitted for Arkansas. Um, had the first one, and then the second two were number seven, and I had his name and I forgot. I, I don't remember. It's a disappointment. I should have had that guy. Um, but moving on, talking about things that we can positive takeaways uh, from this week. One thing that I want to address, there's a lot of people that are saying, you know, oh, I knew the air raid wasn't going to work in the SEC, and I want you to understand that there were open wide receivers all, all night long. Leach's scheme worked on Saturday. It was the execution of the scheme that didn't work. There were, like I said, there were wide receivers. I, I know there were at least four times where Malik Heath is standing wide open on the sideline. You know, I, I believe it was a comeback route, and he's just standing there wide open. Nobody, Nobody's within five yards of him. And KJ just either, like I said, overlooked him or didn't hit him. And that's that's a positive takeaway because that's showing you that Leach's scheme does work. There's he's getting guys open in these zone defenses. That's not something to be concerned about. So, like I said, that's a positive takeaway, and I think that uh, hopefully we can fix that and you know make it to where KJ does start hitting these open guys. Uh, another thing is, and you never all of course all concussions are probably the most one of the most serious injuries. But uh, if that's not something that lingers. I think that Kylan Hill, we've proved how valuable he is and how much we need him, but also just how much more likely we are, I think, to win a game if he's playing. And the reason I say that is our backup running backs had a ton of catches. 
a ton. A ton of touches. They were used a lot. What they did not have a lot of, yards after catch, yards after contact, um, not a lot of uh, broken tackles, things that Kylan is good at, and things that you don't expect freshmen to be good at. I mean, Jacquavius Marks is a is an all-purpose back. He's not huge. Dylan Brooks is actually bigger. Dylan Brooks, I keep saying that. Dylan Johnson is actually um, bigger than I thought he was, but not. I still not as powerful as Kylan. Imagine, you know, how many <coughs> missed tackles, how many first down runs, you know, in between the tackles does, is Kylan getting instead of those guys. So if he's back, I think he makes a huge difference, and I think we have to protect him. One of the advantages of this offense is Kylan can still get 200 yards and have way less touches and less wear and tear because, you know, in each of the last two seasons, he's been a little bit gimpy down the stretch from just the load he's had to carry. Um, I'm actually really, really surprised and just a bit ironic that he's going to go out for a game early on like that in an offense where he's supposed to be having a lot less mileage on his on his body. Yeah, that was that was kind of shocking. I think that's just a you know a very weird play because I at first I was wondering <coughs> if it was a neck injury just from the way that he got hit, and luckily I don't think it, it might was. Be. Might have been, but he I don't was think able so. to walk off the field though, so I yeah. don't think it was anything too serious. Hopefully he's. Like Colton said, hopefully he's back in action in Lexington this weekend. Uh, and we can just hope for the best, honestly. And we'll let y'all know as soon as we do hear something. And right. And just, guys, to move forward, there's not much else that can be said. The defense played outstanding. Um, they had they were missing some tackles on a couple drives. They had a couple bad drives. And, and Arkansas's whole offense, three uh, busts. You had a bust to, for like a 60-yard gain. And they ended up getting stood up on the goal line um, on fourth down. You had, and each of the touchdowns were busts. They had guys mm-hmm. completely alone by themselves. That's a young defense back there. You got a lot of sophomores, uh, a couple freshmen playing a lot of a lot of minutes. Um, that's something that's going to get cleaned up. That's something Zach Arnett doesn't tolerate. Of course, he was really really upset with the defense even after the win at LSU. Uh, that's something that's going to get cleaned up. And I'd as these guys he'd grow be up, slightly more pleased this week though. Maybe. I mean, yeah, it was blown coverages, but overall, I think they looked better. I, he than seems they like did a guy that's year. never satisfied. No, definitely not. Um, as your guys grow up, busted coverages are going to happen less often. You had busted coverages against LSU. The interception that Sias Furge had, that should have been a touchdown. Yeah. Jordan Davis hits Miles Brennan's arm, and it goes right to him. That's just a blessing. That's how you know you're living right. Yeah. You didn't see a lot of that, a lot of lucky stuff that went our way this game. But, uh, guys, to win next week, I think if you clean up turnovers, which is a big ask, I thought we would do it this week. And show that you know KJ is not going to just give the ball to the team a lot because he did have three just by himself against LSU. That's a big ass. But if you clean up turnovers and you play you play with Kylan in your intact offensive line, I think uh, you can continue to win more games than you lose this year. Uh, I don't know where we're at at our win totals. Don't ask me. I'm very very confused. Yeah, my win totals from last week has changed. <laughs> well, like I had I had us at seven. I think you've got a chance to win seven. I don't have as I'm not giving as much of a chance at all to beat Georgia and Alabama. Uh, outside, not, like we said with Ology, though, outside of that, the West is up for for a toss. The West is yeah. crazy, it's and and grabs. our East teams, uh, other than Georgia, is Missouri, Vanderbilt, Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, those are there's not an unwinnable, those are all winnable game. Games. And I'm not going to say we don't have a chance against Alabama and Georgia because <laughs> we saw what this offense can do when it's yeah. requiring on all cylinders, but. That's still if you play. Leach, if, Leach tried to warn us though. Right. He said we're good, but we're inconsistently good, and right. I think we all kind of got on our high horses and we were too excited after week one, and we saw what it looks like when this offense <coughs> is inconsistently good because they were 
inconsistent is about the best word you could use to sum up what we saw on Saturday. Right. Please excuse my coughing, guys. I promise I don't have COVID. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what that is. Allergies, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, we're gonna uh, we're gonna try and bounce back this week against a, a Kentucky team that's a little bit down on the on their defense of uh, for. Actually, I thought they'd be better on defense than they would on offense, kind of like Arkansas. They're about the reverse. Uh, I had them backwards. Arkansas is better on defense than I thought and worse on offense and still winning games. Shows you the defense wins championships. Our defense is better than I thought, too. A lot of, lot of weird things in the SEC this year, guys. It's it's a bit odd. Um, with that being said, we're going to get out of here. We're not going to keep you too long today. Uh, you have anything else? Nope. Um, I think I've spoke my mind enough already. Yeah, we'll see y'all Saturday, Friday. Yeah, we'll up. We might record on Thursday. The show will definitely be up by Friday at the latest. Got you. So, as always, swing your sword and hail state. Hail state.